Are you facing challenges as you raise your kids? Have questions about conflict in marriage? For generations, Focus on the Family Canada has been giving trusted guidance to nearly any topic families are facing, and it's all available on our free app. Explore a huge library of broadcasts from well-known speakers who cover everything from growing in your faith to dealing with mental health challenges. Search for Focus on the Family Canada in your app store and start exploring all the resources available to you for free. We'll say things like, uh, all right, but then there's no more candy for life. And you've already told the kid, we're not going to have that treat. And then they misbehave. So the question has to be asked, who's teaching who here? That's Dr. Kevin Lehman, and he's our guest today on Focus on the Family, offering advice to help you raise successful, responsible kids who hopefully will love God. Your host is Focus President and author Jim Daly, and I'm John Fuller. John, I think parenting is the most uh, important job any of us can have, and uh, we want our kids to grow up with good character, make us proud, hopefully follow the Lord is the number one thing. Uh, Dr. Kevin Lehman, I think he will do an outstanding job encouraging us as parents on how to get there. And so often we have great hearts and great intentions, but we tend to mess it up. You know, this thing doesn't necessarily come with a manual. Gene and I have talked about our boys now being 21 and 19. Wouldn't it be nice to have a do-over? Mm-hmm. You know, all the we mistakes do, yeah. we made. And we want to help couples who have these young children not say that at the end of the road, that we want a do-over. Mm-hmm. Well, Dr. Lehman and his wife uh, have five grown children. He knows experientially and professionally what it means to uh, endure the challenges of parenting and to work hard and see what happens. And uh, <laughs> Well, I mean, that's really what ultimately happens, what man. we're doing, right? I love that. <laughs> we, we, we put all the effort in, and then they leave, and we hope. And uh, Dr. Lehman is a Christian psychologist. He's got over 60 books. We're going to be talking about one of them today. He's also the founder of the Lehman Academy of Excellence, a group of charter schools. Uh, The book we're going to be discussing today is called Eight Secrets to Raising Successful Kids, Nurturing Character, Respect, and a Winning Attitude. And of course, we have that here at the ministry. Just stop by focusonthefamily.ca to get your copy. In addition to that, John, we have a little audience with us, so say hello, everybody. <laughs> they're going to ask some questions that they're going to think about. Of Kevin, this I hope thing. not. Yeah, me. Of Kevin, definitely. <laughs> I think Kevin's already figured out he's here for us yeah. <laughs> to answer all our yes, questions yes. about our parenting woes. But Kevin, welcome back to Focus. Hey, it's great to be here for our visitors here and for the listeners that are broadcast. When I come here, I'm home. These are my people. Always feel that way. Always look forward to being here. But, Jim, you said something interesting, and and that is, you know, as Christian parents, you want your kid to grow to love the Lord. You know, I'm here to tell you, if you look at the stats, you bring kids up in the Christian home and you do all those things you're doing right, well, unfortunately, the stats uh, sort of put us in a little different direction. Yeah, Because so many kids don't keep the faith. They wander. And I think that takes us really to that question. It's such a desire for us that we start that parenting journey with high expectations for our kids. And it kind of translates into how they reflect upon us, right? How their behavior Mm -hmm. and our embarrassment, all those things. So that's probably the first loaded question I wanted to ask you is, how often are we parenting for ourselves versus parenting for the kids? Well, for many, they vicariously live their lives through their kids. When you think about your kids, and I'll give you a little uh, insight here, uh, I get the title of my books. In fact, a lot of authors will call me and say, Kevin, I need help with the title of a book. Can you help me? It's just something that I like to do. 
But the word successful is there for a reason. Because young families today are driven with the word success. Well, what's success? When they think about success, they think about professions. I'm telling you, as a former dean of students at the University of Arizona, the freshmen would come in, and my first job was the head dorm rat in a large dorm. Everybody was pre-med. Everybody was pre-law. Well, do you think they ended up that way? Well, where those aspirations come from? And so what I'm saying is parents project sometimes their unfulfilled dreams and wishes on their kids. But when we think about success, we think about all these other things that, quite frankly, don't matter. Right. You know. And in that context, though, how do we rewire our brains as parents to either redefine success or mm-hmm. to make sure character is hopefully top of the line? Well, functionally, I think what happens is a parent figures out this isn't working. My kid's got a mouth. He's not respectful. They talk back. They're not nice to each other. Uh, you have situations where you talk to your husband or your wife and say, we got to do something about it. we got to move out or we got to bring somebody in here. Or, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, the, 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 kind of know. something on eBay? Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's four of them and two of us. I mean, <laughs> And you figure you better win their cooperation. I mean, speaking of those dorm days, when I was a young buck starting off at the University of Arizona, my first job was a head resident. One of the deans came over. He said, Kevin, I have one piece of advice for you. I said, what's that? He said, there's 360 of them, and there's one of you. Learn to win their cooperation. And so with kids, what I'm saying is we give them way too many things, folks. Kids don't need things. (laughs) That's <laughs> so um, true. So but let me ask you, you though. you got to take it back a step and try to figure out, you know, Steve Covey said, start with the end in mind. Right. So, yeah, but what, in that context then, so as Christian parents particularly, right. we want our children to have godly character. We want to see them tell the truth. We want them to treat others the way they would want to be treated, all those great foundations. Um and we think of that in later terms as well as younger terms. I know when they're going through the terrible twos, you're not going to expect them to love thy neighbor, but you want to get them there. So one of the things you mentioned in your book is have the long game in mind, even yes. if the, in the short run they're not behaving the way you would hope they would behave. But how, how do you have the patience as a parent oh, yeah. to be able to say, okay, little Johnny, I know you don't want to do this right now. (laughs) We want our kids to be truthful. We want our kids to have honesty. We want our kids to do all those virtues and values. They're great. We all want it. Here's my question for you parents. Are you that person you want your son or daughter to be? That's the question. We think about kids and behavior. I've written lots of books on how to curb kids' behavior, and they're pretty good books. But it really gets back to who you are as a parent. Because the concept of modeling is absolutely profound. And so these kids every day are taking spiritual notes on how you live your life, emotional notes, I mean, psychological notes. It goes down the way. You're it. There's, I can't get you off the hook, parent. You're it. Hmm. And as parents, if you're not on the same page, and there's another huge problem, the kids feel that divisiveness and they're going to try, like a fish out of water, to give you a run for your money. So if you're rule conscious, and so many Christians are rule conscious, they live by the rules. I was just up in Indiana uh, speaking uh, this past weekend, and 
one of the church buses. I loved it. I made a comment about it publicly. I said, I love your your church bus. And it said, it's not about the rules. Hmm. My friend Josh McDowell said it years ago, and I've used it so many times, I always try to give him credit. But I stole it from him, to tell you the truth. But rules, <laughs> rules without relationship lead to rebellion. And so most of us have grown up in authoritarian homes, uh, and we sort of revert back to what we were brought up with. In fact, when we're under fire, the things we tell ourselves we'll never say to our kid, we not only say them, but we say them with the same tone and inflection. And we, you know, talk about those strategies. We're, I want to get into that, uh, the mistakes that parents make. But let's start on the high side, the eight things that you point out in your book, the eight strategies that you've developed for raising successful kids. Let's touch on those real quick. Can you list them for us? Well, we can start with start with the end in mind. Right. That's good. We kind of covered that one. Okay. Uh, expect the best. You get the best. One of the things we know about our schools, we have high expectations for our scholars, when you have high expectations, guess what? And this is what your parents need to understand. Your kids actually want to please you. So what is it in your daily minutia of life where you're giving kids an opportunity to, to please you? You do far too many things for them. You snowplow the roads of life for them. How about this one? Give and you shall receive. Are you a giver? If you want a kid who thinks about somebody other than themselves, do they see that giving nature in you? Uh, role model, we touched on that, but live the disciplined life. We think of discipline, most parents are thinking about, oh, the fearful time out. Give me a break. Uh, discipline is really about how you live your life. Do you live a disciplined life, parent? Again, those little eyes are watching. So discipline, don't punish. Punishment's easy. You just react and, you know, you want it to be a teachable moment. It's more of a lifestyle living that disciplined life. Do you want me to go on? I got a yeah, couple more. Yeah, let's go ahead and listen okay. so people can get their head around. Uh, stay the course. I always ask couples on the sea of life, do you have a port of call? Do you know where you're going? You're the captain or the co-captain of the ship, okay? And you're going to have mutiny on the ship from time to time. And one of those little ankle biters are going to fall off, and <laughs> you're going to have to throw them a, a rescue, you know, bring them back on ship. But again... If you know the port of call, if you know where you're going, kids tend to follow leaders. I've written a book on leadership called The Way of the Shepherd. It's a five-star rated book. But one of the things I point out in that book is the sheep will follow only the real shepherd, the authentic shepherd. So there's got to be a realness. And many times I think as Christians, we fail to have those moments with our kids as they grow older about the time that you doubted the very existence of God in your life. That's not an unhealthy conversation. That's a great conversation. Because I think if all of us are honest, we were at that point once in our life where we stopped and said, well, wait a minute, Uh, are all those things... uh, I was taught in Sunday school and church and what my mom and dad, are they real? I mean, everybody has to come. You don't make that decision. So for the authoritarian parent who wants to be way too prescriptive with your kids, I just like to ask the question, who's making that decision for your kid to follow Christ? You too? It doesn't work that way. So failure is important. The Christian home ought to be a place where kids learn to fail, and it's got to be grace-filled. And when the milk topples and the orange juice hits the floor and the jam hits the floor, what do most of us do? Clean we have it a, up. 
We have a hissy fit. <laughs> yeah, eventually. But what do we say? Would you look at that? Didn't I just tell you be careful? I'm, you, you know what? You remind me of your Uncle Roger. Do you remember your Uncle Roger? <laughs> You're going to end up yeah, just not like Uncle him. Roger. And, and so what we need, we don't have thrashing or berating. We need a rag. So those little things, I think those are the teachable moments. And so a couple more, and I'll hush up. Uh, minimize friction. And we should talk about that because oh, we there's, will. there's ways. Oh, you will. <laughs> You're not going to let me off the hook on that yeah. one, are you? And then always keep the relationship first. Mm-hmm. It's all about relationships. Life's all about relationships. Your job is all about relationships. Yeah, it's so true. And, and one of the things you mentioned in the book is this uh, bad parenting habits. And I think you kind of break it down to two yeah. two parenting styles, the pacifist, and then that take the child head on. But speak to that, both of those temperaments. Well, first of all, let's talk about the parent that wants to take the kid on, okay? Do you know who you're talking to? I am your mother, okay? (laughs) You know that? You know, and and there's just something in you that says, wait a minute, I pushed six and a half hours to give you life, okay? (laughs) (laughs) And now you hate me or whatever they're telling you? (laughs) Uh, and I, I would challenge you, fighting is an act of cooperation. You know exactly what to say to escalate the battle with your husband, with your wife, with the kids. And they know all the little buttons to push. And they know those social situations where they've got you over the proverbial barrel. So like you say, Jim, there's these situations, basically two different things happen. One... We try to buy the kids off. We're embarrassed. <laughs> you know, we'll say things like, uh, all right, but then there's no more candy for life. And you've already told the kid we're not going to have that treat. And then they misbehave. So the question has to be act, asked, who's teaching who here? Which one's the monkey and which one's the organ grinder? Okay, right. so you have the parents who want to just pacify. It's the easy route out. And that isn't discipline. That's not a disciplined lifestyle. Okay, then the others who want to take them on, you're going to get in a power struggle. I'm here to tell you, you're going to lose. They have much more to lose than you. So if your kid's making a fool of himself in public, yeah, people are looking at your kid and saying, oh, that kid's something else. But let me tell you what they're really thinking. They're thinking, what is wrong with that parent? (laughs) But sometimes with kids, they throw a little something out there just to see if we're Mm -hmm. going to react or respond. And one of the tips in this book is learn to respond rather than react. If your doc says you reacted to the medication, that's not good. If he said you responded, that's good. If that'll help you keep that in mind. And so sometimes you might just say to a kid, oh, wow, I've never thought of it that way. Yeah. Yeah. This is Focus on the Family with Jim Daly. I'm John Fuller, and Dr. Kevin Lehman is our guest. Great stuff, uh, kind of Parenting 101, if you will, taken from his book, Eight Secrets to Raising Successful Kids. Look for your copy at focusonthefamily.ca or call 800, the letter A in the word family. This Focus on the Family broadcast will continue in just a moment. One of the easiest ways you can share the gospel this Christmas season is by packing shoeboxes online at packabox.ca. From inner cities to deserts and jungles, local churches are using these shoebox gifts to share the gospel. Your Operation Christmas Child Shoebox Gifts transcends barriers to give joy and hope to children in need. Will you pack today? Learn more and pack your shoebox online at packabox.ca. That's packabox.ca. 
Jennifer had a lot of anger from her past, and unfortunately, she was passing that on to her kids. But she found something better. Focus on the family gave me the tools that I needed to nurture my children rather than breaking their spirits, because growing up, that's all I knew. I'm Jim Daly. This season, help us give families hope, like we did for Jennifer. Please give generously today at focusonthefamily.ca slash give. Give the kids in your life a faith-building gift that keeps on giving. Focus on the Family Canada's kids' magazines are filled with fun activities and biblical truths about the God who loves them. Clubhouse for ages 8 to 12, Clubhouse Junior for 3 and up, and Brio for teen girls. Every subscription helps support families across Canada through biblically-based guidance, resources, and prayer. Take the stress out of the holiday shopping this year. Entertain your kids and support families. Visit shop.focusonthefamily.ca. Thanks for listening to Focus on the Family. Let's resume now with the balance of today's programming. Kevin, let's go back to something you specifically mentioned in the book, and that's three methods to deflect these arguments. So let's just say I have a friend, and every night at the dinner table, there's this clash, mom up against firstborn, and the others around the table are just going, wow, what's this going to be tonight? Speak to that scenario and talk through a different tactic that mom or dad may want to approach rather than that head-on confrontation. Well, this is one of those areas that I think is sort of fun because it applies to husbands and wives as well in marriage. But one of the things we know about children is they really dislike questions, okay? And parents love to ask questions, particularly you moms. (laughs) And asking a mom not to ask a question is, quite frankly, like asking a fire not to burn. (laughs) And I've been in seminars where people have stood up and say, "Uh, excuse me, Dr. Lehman, I've heard you on... Focus on the family for years. I respect you and your work. I've read several of your books, but I must respectfully disagree. I think it's very important. Like when James comes home from school, I always ask him the question, how was your day at school, honey? Okay, well, let's go through that dog and pony show right now. How was your day today at school, honey? Fine. What'd you do? Nothing. I mean, teenager, where you been? Out. What'd you do? Nothing. So the we somehow we think that we're the questioners. They don't like questions. I mean, your husband hates questions. He, he, he's probably afraid he didn't tell you the truth. He doesn't like your questions, and he hates the Y word. And so lots of times we put kids on the defensive, and all they do is they just, you know, bolt to their room and text all their buddies and literally shut you out of their life, and they live their life, that a life that you don't even know they're living. So... Learning to say things like, tell me more about that. Now, that's interesting because it's a command in the English language. Tell me more about that. You would think that would put up defenses. It doesn't. That shows interest. So if your kid says something that's of interest, not a why, okay, but, oh, wow, that sounds interesting. Tell me more about that. Mm. That's so true. It is so true. Let's turn to the uh, small audience in here. We're going to ask you guys to ask questions of Dr. Lehman with the remaining time we have. Uh, Loanne, I think you've got a question, correct? I'm Loanne. Um, I'm a grandmother, as obviously well as a mother, but um, our precious nine-year-old granddaughter. Uh, she is very compliant for the most part. She's a firstborn. But every once in a while when she doesn't get her own way, she does this very like foot stomp and the little eye rolly thing. And it just frustrates her mother 
to no end. And so I said, okay, mom, I'm going to be there. Is that the question you want me to ask? So that's the question, what to do with this precious one. Well, one of the things that Jim asked earlier is how do you deflect, you know, some of this stuff you get back from Mm -hmm. kids? Now, I figured a long time ago in my life, I was the youngest child and I found out a long time ago I could make people laugh. And so I've always tried to teach people, hey, try to look at things humorously. So when the eye roll comes, you know, which frustrates the living heck out of you, try this. Oh, honey, that was so good. Oh, do that again. Only do it in slow motion, would you? <laughs> oh, my goodness, that was good. And and usually that lightens up that kid. But, you know, at a later time, not right then and there, you follow up, and that might be as much as a day later, mm-hmm. or it might be an hour later. But, honey, uh, I want to go back to something that happened earlier. I mean, I saw the look on your face. You were really, you seemed like you were frustrated, mm-hmm. and I'm all ears. You know, one of the tips in this book is learn to listen, and that's a difficult skill, especially for us as men. Men aren't great listeners by their nature. Women are much better at listening. But just saying, honey, if you want to talk, I'm all ears. And by the way, when those kids want to talk, they're going to talk. It might not be convenient for you. It might be at bedtime. It might be 10 o'clock at night, 11 o'clock at night. But the good parent will take time to listen and get to the feeling level of what's going on. Because sometimes those rolling of the eyes or the slamming of the doors are just the tip of the iceberg that something's going on at school and somebody has been, you know, harassing her or picking on her or whatever. But that always opens the door. Mm. So sharing feelings, okay, opens things up. Mm -hmm. When you become judgmental, it shuts everything down. And it's real easy to be judgmental. Mm. And that's probably the point, um, that judgmental. It's very natural for a parent to have a judgmental attitude. We've lived longer lives. We know what works typically and what doesn't work. And uh, that frustration of the uh, sassy child, you know, the four or five-year-old, other than using humor and trying to deflate that way, are there times a parent needs to do the timeout? Oh, yeah. Action-oriented discipline is great. Depending upon where you live, always at the – when I give this advice, I think of the person that lives in an apartment building in Los Angeles. I always say, you know, take the little ankle biter firmly without a lot of words and put them outside, close the door, and lock it. And let them stay out in the backyard. You say, you're kidding me. I'm not kidding you at all. It's action-oriented. So any type of action-oriented things you can do with kids, the better. I've said for years when kids throw temper tantrums, just step over them. You step over them because you have to understand that that, that – behavior that throwing in the temper tantrum was thrown for who? For you. It's a psychological term. It's called purposive behavior. And so the kid who's smart mouth back and forth, he's a powerful kid. He's saying, I'm an authority over you. A guy named St. Paul said something completely different in Ephesians 6. He said, children, obey your parents. It's the right thing to do because God has placed them in what? In authority over you. And a reminder, the God we love through Jesus Christ, was not an authoritarian. He didn't straighten us up, doesn't grab us by the scruff of the neck, doesn't rub our nose in it. But his holy word says, every knee shall bow. So we're trying to get away from permissiveness, okay? I don't care if you are 14, I'm going to tie your shoe. And away from the authoritarian, you're going to do what I tell you to do as long as you live under this roof, you understand me? Those are the two extremes. 
But if you look at the teachings of Christ, he was always an authority. And that's why I tell mommies, you don't take any guff from your son ever. Dads realize you put an indelible imprint on those daughters' lives. So be careful with that quick tongue. That little rudder, as the Bible talks about, could get you in real trouble. So if you're the critical-eyed parent, you're too critical of your son or daughter, let's pick on the firstborn. Usually they're reliable, conscientious list makers and all that. Your firstborn will not be that way at all. They'll be a procrastinator. They'll drag their feet. To put it bluntly, they'll be slobs. Well, why don't they measure up? Because every time they try to measure up and they bring home a, a 98 on a 100-word spelling test, only you can say, you missed two? What's wrong with plus 98? So, again, just being positive, right. looking for the positive, goes a long way in rearing kids. That's good. Mm-hmm. Let's get one more. Ashley, I think you have a question. Hi, I'm Ashley. Hello. Um, I have a 14-year-old middle child girl, and she is overly apologetic. However, my son, 15 years old, built like a linebacker, he, when it comes to apologizing for things that, you know, you should apologize for, he's very prideful and digs his heels in. How can I help them find that balance? Well, first of all, let me just make a statement. You could beat your 15-year-old with a stick, and he's not going to succumb to your desire for him to apologize. But one thing you can do is you can say to him flat out, I am very unhappy. Turn your back and walk away. And turning your back and walking away is essential because I want you to see what happens. It's rare when you tell a 15-year-old, I'm very disappointed in what just went down here. You give him a few minutes, he's going to come back. And he's going to essentially say, well, I'm sorry about what I said. (laughs) It might be hard for him to get it out. But telling kids that you're unhappy, keep in mind that kids actually want to please us as adults. Your 14-year-old who's... When she grows up and they have a family reunion and it rains, she's going to be apologizing for everybody because she picked the date. Okay, I wrote a book about those people called uh, Women Who Can't Say No. I think that's the name of it. But so many people are pleasers by their nature, and they please everybody. And sometimes you have to have a talk with that kid. Honey, there's in life times in life when you're not going to please everybody. Everybody isn't going to like you. There's a great conversation, a parent to a child. I mean, people meet my wife. People love my wife. I give you zip codes people don't like me. <laughs> but it gets back to, do you have a port of call? Do you know where you're going as a parent, as a family? And so these kids, sometimes I'd have a conversation with that little pleaser and say, honey, you know, I love you because you've got a soft heart and you're quick to apologize. But... You know, sometimes I get the feeling you're apologizing just to sort of avoid a conversation. Mm -hmm. And I want to make sure you're a strong young woman. Because we live in a society where the peer group says to your daughter, smoke this, drink this, snort this, do this, watch that. What's in your family repertoire that's going to help your kids say no to a world that says yes? Mm -hmm. So I think I, I would take those a little deeper, take a deep dive on some of that stuff. Oh, that's good. Okay. That's really Thank good. You. Thank you, Ashley. Uh, Kevin, this has been so good. Uh, I hope people will get a copy of Eight Secrets to Raising Successful Kids, Nurturing, Character, Respect, and a Winning Attitude. And you can get it right here at Focus on the Family Canada. Uh, just contact us. And when you do, remember, uh, you're stepping into helping ministry there in Canada, helping families to thrive, helping marriages to do better. So be a part of the ministry by ordering your copy through Focus Canada. And our number is 800, the letter A in the word family, or stop by focusonthefamily.ca. 
And I should mention that we're bundling an audio download of this conversation with uh, the great book from Dr. Lehman. So uh, be sure to donate as you can and request that uh, two-part bundle. Kevin, I can't wait till tomorrow. Thanks for being with us. Uh, Me too. I'm glad to be here. Can't wait for tomorrow. Hmm. Well, on behalf of Jim Daly and the entire team, thanks for joining us today for this episode of Focus on the Family. I'm John Fuller, inviting you back next time as we continue the conversation with Dr. Lehman. And once again, help you and your family thrive in Christ.